Hey guys, welcome to the Kingdom Mamas podcast, where we encourage and empower moms just like you to raise those babies in the way they should go. Hi, I'm Trudy Lineski, God girl, wife, mama four, writer, vlogger, and speaker. I'm super passionate about the next generation. Together, we can lead, guide, and direct them to stand confidently in who God has called them to be. Grab your copy, get comfy, let's get started. Happy Monday, Kingdom Mamas. You are going to love the practical tips that Chris McKenna gives to us today on the Kingdom Mamas podcast. He is a digital marketing manager for Covenant Eyes, a guy with never-ending energy when it comes to fighting for the safety and protection of children. Chris is also the founder of Protect Young Eyes, a leading digital safety organization. Chris practices his internet safety tips on his four amazing children and is regularly featured on news, radio, and podcasts for his research. His 2019 U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee testimony was the catalyst for draft legislation and ongoing discussions that could radically change online child protection laws and earned PYE the NCOSE Dignity Defense Alert Award in 2020. The PYE team has performed over 1,200 presentations at schools, churches, and nonprofits and was featured in the Childhood 2.0 movie. Other loves include running, spreadsheets, and candy. Take a little listen. Happy Monday, Kingdom Mamas. I am super excited for today's guest. His name is Chris McKenna, and he is the founder of Protect Young Eyes. He's also the digital marketing manager for Covenant Eyes. Welcome, Chris. We are glad that you're here with us today. Hi, Trudy. Boy, that's such a great name, the Kingdom Mamas. Like, (laughs) I feel like even saying that there should be theme music and all of these sort of royal things going on just when you say that name. So I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, we are raising kingdom children in the way they should go. So we are deeply rooting these children, keeping them fixed on Jesus. So yeah, that's the platform. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about Protect Young Eyes? Where did that come from? What is it stand for? Yeah. So I've had a, I don't know, pretty interesting professional path here. So I started off, I was 12 years consultant with Ernst and Young. I love that. So I'm kind of a businessman, you know, sort of CPA spreadsheet guy at heart. That's just sort of my brain, but the Lord called me into full-time ministry. I had been volunteering at our church doing work with junior high. I grew to love middle school. Just something about that age group that I just love that small population of people who love middle schoolers. I'm one of them. And so (laughs) I left my, my role at ENY and became a full-time junior high youth pastor because being a junior high youth pastor is so much like being a CPA, right? Not even close, but that's what I was called to do. And at the same time, so I had two roles at the church at the time, and it was working with junior high. But then I also, because of that finance background, I was in charge of all of the churches giving and fundraising. And so I also managed million dollar building funds and so forth. And so I had left brain going that way, right brain going with the kids. And I just, I love that age group. They're so spongy and open and messy and awesome in so many different ways. And Trudy, the time frame that I was in junior high ministry was from 
2009 to 2016. Okay. So it's a really important time in the history of internet connected devices, right? Mm-hmm. The first iPhone comes out in that sort of 2007 timeframe. We see Instagram come out in 2011 and then, you know, Snapchat a few years later. And I started to see this need. Now I started off having a conversation way back in 2014 before it was popular to do so about pornography. That was the first presentation that I did on a Wednesday night to parents to say, listen, this stuff is in your kids' hands. And at that time, that was a pretty new conversation to have with people that then evolved into seeing all of the different other platforms that were out there. So we were one of the first places that started saying, you know, hey, listen, you know, Instagram is fun and Snapchat is fun, but have you thought about this? And we were seeing research and all this pornography that was on Instagram and all the different, very sexualized news stories that were in the discover section of Snapchat. And nobody really talking about those things because they were all focused on the features instead of the content. And so we've been an organization since then, mm-hmm. Protect Young Eyes, the website launched in 2015, and it's free for all of the listeners. Please go visit us at protectyoungeyes.com. Very active out on social media. Even though I pound social media, I use it for right. kingdom building activities whenever I can, right? But Protect Young Eyes really then came out of, like you said, that need. And I also, as a background of a consulting background. I like to fix problems. Mm -hmm. There was a problem there, right? There were awesome parents that were not aware of the digital risks that were present in the places where they were putting their young people. And so I want to bridge that gap between awesome families and tech that really doesn't care about kids with education and resources. And, you know, we're told over and over again that we and and I'm proud of this, right? We present information in a way that anybody can understand it. You don't need to be a technology person. Listening to my background, I'm not a technology person. (laughs) That's why it's important for me to share that with people that I'm a dad, I have four kids, you know, in elementary, middle and high school now. So I'm in all three of those sort of age ranges right now. I'm living this and I want these very complicated ideas and spaces to be understood because the risk of not understanding them, Trudy, is so detrimental to our young people. Amen. So it's, we have to, right? I mean, in Proverbs, it tells us to raise up a child in the way that they should go. There wasn't a caveat that said, well, except with the iPad. Oh, well, the Chromebook, that's, there's a, a footnote that says Chromebooks are not a part of what, you know, Proverbs is trying to tell us. We don't have an out. And so I want to make these complicated ideas attainable, understandable, so that we can show our kids how to use it well. Yes. So good. And so necessary. So necessary. So you talk about three realities when we approach technology. Can you tell us about those? Sure. Yeah. And I, these are really important because it levels the playing field, Mm -hmm. whether you've got a good kid. Well, I don't think there are any moms who are listening to this are going to say that they have a bad kid, but I mean, it, it treats all kids, the technology treats all of us the same Uh because these realities exist no matter what kind of child or even adult that you are. So reality number one is as parents, as moms, and for me as a dad, I need to realize that they're always going to know more than I do. (laughs) 
So I want right now for every kingdom mama, listen to this. I want to remove from you the burden that you might feel that you have to figure it all out, that you have to stay one step ahead, that you have to have every door closed. I am here to tell you right now that you can't. They're always going to know a slightly better way, different way, loophole circumvention, this or that. They're going to. And you will drive yourself stressed out, anxious, crazy, (laughs) trying to achieve that unattainable goal of figuring it all out. So I just want to, I want to take from all of you right now, the burden of needing to do that. Let's just accept the reality that they're going to know more. And I think that it is an incredibly helpful trust building exercise. We're an organization that's all about digital trust. I want to build trust with our kids. Uh, And that happens kind of one brick, one drip, one conversation at a time. And an awesome way to do that is to sit down with your 11 year old son, like my son, Cole, and say, Cole, I know that no matter how much I try to control you on this stuff, this is one spot where you're smarter than dad. And I just want to call that out. And I want to celebrate your awesomeness with technology and how good you are at video games and these things. That's great. But as your dad, here are some things that I want to make sure we do well. Like just call it out for what it is. And that reality, I think it helps us lower some of that stress if we just embrace it. And then let's leverage it for good by then leading to awesome conversations with our kids about it. So that's reality number one. The second one, then, if you do, you want to, anything on that, or you mind if I jump right into the second one? Or so I have to say that I love that because I have a sixteen-year-old, and he okay. is yeah. much smarter than me, and I can bring him a device and say, "Help me do this," and he can figure it out. He has figured out every single parent control that I've tried to put on his devices. Yep. Right. <laughs> love how you redirect our thought process with regards to that. Like, we're going to build a relationship here. This is a relationship. Yeah. And we're going to turn what could potentially be bad, we're going to turn it to good. And that's a relationship with you. And that's where we build trust and conversation and accountability. I, I love that. Yeah. And those controls have a place and it's saying to your son and I have a 17 year old, almost 17 year old, she's 16 right now. And then I have sons who are nine, 10 and 11 or nine, 11 and 11 birthdays here. Mexing me up. Right. I'm yes. hopefully I'm not the only parent who gets birthdays and ages wrong. Okay, good. Yeah, my husband, <laughs> my husband is horrible. At that. Yeah. I'm calling yeah. So him right up. now they're nine, 11, 11 and 16. And it's, I think helpful to have those conversations to say, you know, we put controls in place Because whether you're 16 or 47, these controls help us from making life-changing choices. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I can get around them, right? Mm -hmm. I can get around covenant eyes. I can get around all that stuff. And, you know, Lauren, you can get around this stuff, but thank goodness some of this exists Mm -hmm. to keep my my choices from changing the trajectory of my life. Like, I think that can also be a really helpful conversation with our, with our young people to understand the why. Okay. Reality number two is that technology is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So let's remember that no matter how well controlled we have our space, be it our home, our devices, the phone that your son or daughter has, There's always going to be another doorway through which they can access the internet, right? The World Wide Web. Mm -hmm. It could be a burner phone. It could be something. Mm -hmm. And again, that I don't want that to lead us toward despair. Mm -hmm. I want that to lead us towards 
something helpful, which is to say to your son or daughter who you just punished to say, you know what, we're going to hold the phone back for a little while because of this thing. And I know that you could probably access Snapchat or Instagram through your friend's device. I know that. I know that you could probably through some kid whose locker is down the hall, pick up a burner phone for a couple of weeks. I know that. But hun, listen, I really don't want you to. Here's why we're not going to do those things. Here's why if I catch wind of those things, here's what's going to happen next. Just like Mm -hmm. call out those realities about the accessibility of technology. And again, I don't want that to be something we, you know, despair. It's like, oh, we can't, you're right. You can't. There's just, there's Wi-Fi down the road. There's, there's connection points everywhere. And again, I just want us to call that out. And then the last one, Trudy, is that the brain dictates how technology is going to impact us. What I mean by that is this is where we really level the playing field. It's not a matter of good or bad kids. It's a matter of lowercase g, godlike technologies that impact all of us, mm-hmm. regardless of how much we love Jesus. Yes. Okay. And something we teach, and I just did a two-hour module last week with a whole group of juvenile probation officers in Michigan on this, just all about the brain. Mm -hmm. Because if you understand the brain, then you more completely understand why kids do the things that they do with technology. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that the brain sort of levels the playing field here, and technology has the digital spaces where we put our children, right? Whatever app it might be. TikTok is a perfect example. It has scary ability to hook itself into our neurology. And so it's so important for every single mom listening to this to have a deep understanding of adolescent neurology. Uh And on the surface, you're like, wow, I'm not going to go back to school or any of that. No, but there are some basic things that are really helpful for us to understand about adolescent neurology and help us understand why they make the choices that we do. That when a mom calls me up as she did um, a few years ago and had discovered on a Monday that all weekend long, her son had discovered that the computer in their office didn't have any parental controls on it. And so all weekend had been binging on pornography. He was a 12 year old boy. And she discovered this. Actually, it was his sister who discovered it and then said something to mom. And so mom got involved and she was just confused. How could her good youth group attending Jesus loving son spend all weekend looking at pornography? Right. And she said, he said this to her. He said, mom, I don't know what happened. I just couldn't stop clicking. Mm. And she didn't understand that statement until I unpacked what is going on inside of a 12-year-old's brain. Right. That pornography is a super normal stimulus mm-hmm. that God intended certain curiosities and certain neural pathways to light up like fireworks right. when confronted with certain sexual situations, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so when he said, mom, I just couldn't stop clicking, he's absolutely right. Mm, so, Which good. is why the filters are so important. So that's just not there in the first place and all these things related to the controls. And once she understood why he did what he did, her empathy for him just shot through the roof. Right. It was like, oh, yes. I'm not going to be disappointed in him. I'm going to be so 
sorry that he had to deal with that, right? There's a, there's a mind shift there that goes on that I think our kids really need to hear. Mm-hmm. They don't need to see us disappointed. They already feel horrible. Amen. They need to know that they're going to be okay. Right. And that you are going to treat them the exact same unconditionally loving way that Jesus treats all of us in our adulthood. We're going to treat them that same exact way in what just happened. It's going to be okay. I'm not mad. This is going to be okay. It, in fact, I am so sorry that as your mom or as your dad, that I didn't do enough to stop that from happening to you. Right. And I think those are just little pivots and how we think and the words that we use mm-hmm. that are just so soothing to that young person in that moment. Wow. Oh, wow. I love, I love the redirection and how do we have those conversations with them in advance? Like how can we protect them? How do we, Yeah. what are those conversations and what do they look like? Yeah, that's the next question that I often get asked. And, you know, <laughs> I do a lot of parent presentations, Trudy, and a really common question is, okay, what's the right age to start talking to my child about pornography? Right. And my response goes like this. It's, I don't know you and I don't know your kid, but if you wait until you're ready, it's too late. Exactly. I don't know you and I don't know your kid, but they're ready before you are. So get it done. Yeah. Or I'll say, I don't know you and I don't know your kid, but are they six and do they ride a school bus? Mm. Because if the answer to that question is yes, then they should already know what to do when they see pornography, because that's the number one place that accident, well, not even accidental, that exposures, unintended exposures take place outside of the home is on the school bus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so these are some of the things that I, I think should help inform that answer. So I'll have parents come up. I'll say, okay, come up with an answer. What do you think moms and dads, Mm -hmm. what's the right age to start talking to your kids about pornography? And they'll come up with a number. And then I'll look at them and say, now subtract two or three. Right. And that's probably the right spot. Yes. They're like, oh, you mean I have to talk to my four-year-old or five-year-old about naked people on the computer? Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. And you need to yesterday. (laughs) And so That again, I don't want that to lead to despair. If some of you are saying, oh no, my kid is eight or nine and I haven't done anything yet. They're probably a porn addict and it's my fault. No, 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 no. Don't let the enemy whisper any of that. That's not what I'm talking about. It's never too late to begin. And it's never too late to sort of invite them in to say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about, I just you know, listened to a podcast or I've been listening to this or that. or see, And I just want you to know that if there's anything that you ever see on the internet that confuses you, that you're like curious about, you don't quite know what to do with that. I want you to know one, I'm safe. You can always bring that to me. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be mad about that. Like this is the no trouble spot. You can talk to me about any of that. Okay. And then just walk away. See, I'm a big fan of drips instead of dousings when it comes to these kinds of conversations, right? And as a parent, what we want is, okay, Chris, show me the PowerPoint presentation, show me the outline so that I can sit down and have a two-hour conversation with my kid. And they're going to, at the end of it, applaud and go, that was perfect, mom. Great job. Awesome. And they're going to have, that's not going to ever happen. Right. (laughs) 
give me the checklist. I want give the, me the checklist. Star. It's not, it's, it's all about the little drips, the little moments, the shoulder to shoulder, just mm-hmm. times where you're in a car or even back to back in the kitchen. I had a mom, I just told the story recently, um, you know, about a mom who, you know, she was in charge. She was the one who did all the meals. And so at night she's often in the kitchen and, you know, her back is, she had kind of a open floor plan, floor plan and, you know, her back is, to wherever her kids were at the table doing homework, whatever. And, you know, from the kitchen, she said, guys, I just want you to know that if there's anything that you ever experience online that makes you uncomfortable, you're just not sure about that. You can talk to mom. I'm good. I'm good with that. And she just kind of went about doing whatever she was doing. Mm -hmm. And weeks later at night, because certain kids are open to certain conversations at certain times of day, we know our kids best, right? Right. Whether it's car time, meal time, bedtime, there's just certain windows where, you know, kids are more apt to listen or to share. And this particular child was one that she had a kind of a bedtime routine with, and it was a couple of weeks later. And her daughter said, you know what? You said I could tell you anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so she did. But it was from two weeks previous where mom opened up that door with that little drip, just a, like a comment, right. a sentence. Right. And so I want us to just be open, like just be praying for awareness. Spirit, guide me in realizing this is a good moment just to say something and then yeah. to have the courage to, to say it. It doesn't have to be a research paper. It doesn't have to be a PowerPoint. It doesn't yes. need to be any of that. And the older the kid, I think the more specific we need to be, you know, to say, you know, for us, it happened really early, Trudy, where, you know, my five-year-old son, Blake, you know, he was on the island and he had an iPad and he liked playing certain games on it that I let him play. And I said, you know, Blake, and he's nine now. So this Mm -hmm. was years ago. I said, Blake, if you're ever on the iPad, you know, you like using it. Yeah, dad, I do. And Blake, you know, you know what your private parts are, right? He's like, well, yeah, I mean, because we had talked about that for a long time. I mean, every five-year-old boy, if you've raised sons, (laughs) knows what his private parts are, right? We know this. So, yeah. And I said, Blake, if you ever see anything on the tablet that you don't understand, that's confusing, if you ever see someone else's private parts, stuff that's covered up by a bathing suit, here's what I want you to do. And he's like, what? Like, now he's listening. What's dad going to say next? I want you to put it down and tell someone. That's it. Really simple. Yeah. And we practice. I said, say it out loud, put it down, put it down, tell someone, tell someone, and then practice it. Okay. Pretend you're holding the iPad and you see something you don't get. What are you going to do? Okay. I'm going to put it down. Yes. Like mm-hmm. practice it, make it tangible, set it down face down or whatever that looks like for you. And then tell someone. Yes. But then the next part of that was defining who someone is. Right. Okay, Blake, who are your someones? Who could you tell? Who are you comfortable telling if you were to see something like this, right? Mom, dad, older sister, Aunt Susie, grandma. Yeah, those are your someones that yeah. I wanted him to be you know, comfortable telling. But then, of course, follow through and tell all those people that they're on the someone list. Because what I don't yeah. want is him <laughs> to say something to grandma and then grandma freaks out because that would be actually a really toxic situation. Yes. Imagine for a minute that Blake, because of course Blake loves grandma. He mm-hmm. wouldn't want to do anything intentional to make grandma upset. Right. But what if he does the exact thing that dad asked him to do because he saw something uncomfortable at grandma's house mm-hmm. and grandma freaks out. Yes. Now he has this really confusing 
thought in his head that, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to tell somebody when that happens. I thought dad said that I could tell grandma Mm -hmm. and he won't do it again. He won't share the next time it happens because of that confusing thought. So it's really important that the adults around our kids sort of know our system, know our process so that they too can receive that child with grace and understanding and don't freak out, don't freak out, don't freak out. Mm -hmm. So that started really early. And then when he was six and he started riding the bus, it was really simple to say, Hey, Blake, remember I've talked about, you know, naked people, people on the computer that, you know, maybe don't, you don't understand. He's like, Oh yeah, dad, put it down. Tell someone. Great. Yeah. There's a word for that. It's called pornography. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear that word on the bus or a kid ever says anything about it, you know what I want you to do? It's like, what? Tell someone. He's like, Oh, I already know that. I've been doing that for over a year now. Right. That's no problem. So it was just a word. Yeah. And it, I mean, pornography is a big deal. So when I say it was no big deal, I hope everybody listening understands what I mean by that. To him, it was just, okay, now I know what to do. Yes. And that's just continued, just little drips. Hey, see anything? Right, right. And just dripping those little questions, those invitations as often as I think about it. And that's what I mean by having the porn talk. It's not a talk. It's drips of talks, constant. Yeah. I love it. It's so practical and, and it makes so much sense. A lot of us just want to lecture. lecture. So what do you tell the mom whose child maybe has already dabbled in pornography and maybe has overreacted? How do we step back and have that conversation? Yeah, that's, I'm sure going to be the reality for at least a couple of moms listening. And so why not do what feels right to you when you're wronged? And that is just simply go to them and tell them you're sorry. Admit that your reaction was totally incorrect. Mm -hmm. And then say, When you love somebody so much, it's easy to overreact when certain things happen like this. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's because really, if I think about it, awesome son or daughter of mine, I am so upset that I didn't stop that from happening, that Mm -hmm. I reacted the way that I did. Yes. And this isn't about you. This is more about me. Mm -hmm. And I am so sorry that I reacted the way that I did. And I want you to know that going forward, that's not going to be the way that I react. Okay. This is me saying that I am not going to freak out, not going to freak out, not going to freak out. And I'm saying it three times so that you really believe me. And so that I really believe me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when we are, when we approach it, I think with that sort of humility, I think that it helps. I think it really does. And then the next thing that I would say, Trudy, is, right, we don't want that thing to happen a second time. And so whenever we can invite our sons or daughters into the solution, we're in a better spot. So it's not just my way. It's not just me coming up with a bunch of rules. Okay, you did this, and now we're going to put this control in place, and we're going to do this and this and this with the device. It's more saying to that son or daughter, and of course, the older they are, the more applicable this is to say, okay, let's agree right now that that thing that happened, we don't want it to happen again. Right. What are your thoughts about making that true? 
What are some things that we could do? What are some of your ideas? I have thoughts on what we could do, but it would be better, I think, if we came up with some solutions together. That's so good. Because when they have agency, when any of us has agency in something that's, you know, in our world, Mm -hmm. some circumstance or situation, we're almost always more open to doing it, whatever it might be, right? It's the same in marriage, right? It's always better when it's someone else's idea, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's always better. Even if I've said it to Andrea for years, it's always better if it's her idea and not mine. Yes. That's just human nature, right? And so the same is true with our kiddos. They're always, I want us to be comfortable having certain non-negotiables. We're still the parent, Mm -hmm. right? If there's no devices in the bedroom, there's no devices in the bedroom. That's non-negotiable, okay? But there are other things that we can sort of hold in a slightly more open hand that we can talk about, okay? And as they prove more and more trustworthy, we give them more and more of those things. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. It does. Oh my. So, so good. Okay. So um, let's see. Is there anything else you would like to add before we, we go? That's the relational side. I do Mm want to offer to moms that are listening that it is really important that for every single home Mm -hmm. attached to the listeners here, that you have a good router. Your router in your house is the most important digital device in your home. Okay. When was the last time you actually thought about your router? And I'm guessing that a lot of you will answer, well, I have it. The only time we think about it is when we're upset with it, when the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Right. But all the other times, we don't even think about it. You should hug your router. Your router is the most important digital device in your house. So we've spent most of this time talking about the relational side Mm -hmm. of pornography and conversations. And there's a technical side that's really important. Think of how many devices are attached to the Wi-Fi in your home. Even the, you know, the ring or the nest, or even your refrigerator from time to time, depending on what you have and your smart TVs and the Chromebook and the Xbox. And Mm -hmm. I know there's devices that have a data plan, right? Smartphones and some tablets, but while it's on your home network, while relatives and others are using your Wi-Fi, you are responsible for everything that happens on your router. Therefore, get a good router. We recommend the Griffin router. You can go to protectyoungeyes.com and under the resources section, it's right up at the top. Just Mm -hmm. click on Griffin. I love them. They're a great company, a great, I have an app on my phone. I can control the Wi-Fi in my house from anywhere in the world Nice through the app on my phone. I could turn off the orange Chromebook from the airport in Georgia. If I, it doesn't, right. It's so it's, it's awesome in that way. So that's a really good practical, especially for the mamas who have littles mm-hmm. listening to this, because the biggest risk isn't that you have little kids looking for porn. It's that they accidentally bump into porn through a pop-up ad or some, errant image search or something, those are what we want to prevent. And that's what a router can do is to prevent those early accidental life-changing exposures that happen to little kids. Okay. So the Griffin does have parent controls on it? Yes. It was made for parental controls. Like that's its purpose. It's a parental control router. So you 
block and I can turn on YouTube restricted mode in my entire house mm -hmm. through the Griffin router. I can track web history right through the app on my phone for every connected device. So all of those things. Yeah, it's really good. Wow, that's fantastic. Okay, in addition to the Griffin router, is there any other parent controls that you recommend for? Yeah, you'll see on the resources section of the website, the software, right? Because a device isn't always connected to your home network. Right. It could be on a data plan or it could be connected to Wi-Fi at grandma's house or something else. So you do need to have device level controls. And so I use Covenant Eyes as an adult. It's an amazing accountability software that I use with two pastors at my church. The three of us hold each other accountable. There's Bark is also another service that has strong social media monitoring and text message monitoring. And it has an algorithm that looks for conversational risk. Right. So it's looking for things that are being said mm -hmm. that could point toward a risky situation. And it ties in nicely with our ideas around trust because mm -hmm. it's limiting parents. If parents are using it the way it's supposed to be used, right. it's limiting parents interaction to the most critical moments yes. and allowing kids the freedom to use technology during the rest of the time. Yeah. And to me, that's really good. And then, you know, as kids get younger, I, Trudy, if I can be so bold to say, I don't think any kid who isn't 15 mm -hmm. needs a smartphone. So we have wonderful on solutions, <laughs> right? So we have wonderful solutions like Gab Wireless now, yes. right? The Gab phone, which mm -hmm. we highly recommend. Other parents are finding that the pinwheel phone for younger kids is mm -hmm. good. And we've also, I've got a pinwheel sitting right over here next to me actually right yes. now that I've tested and taken a look at. We have a stronger connection with Gab. I've been with them and I love their leadership. So I'm, I have an, um, a preference toward Gab and what they offer, but pinwheel is also very good. So those are all things explained on our website, depending on the age and stage of your kids. And depending on your goals, you can find something that is helpful. Okay. But it's not the end all be all, right? <laughs> no, that's why you start with the relationship. Yes. Going back to the reality and you shared about your son and my kids are the same way. They're always going to know more. You cannot find any technical solution that replaces the parental solution. And that's us. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is there anything else before we head out that you'd like to share? The three no, realities, all these practicals are so good. So, so good. good. And that's what I, I hope. I, I hope that we've done more to point towards hope during yes. this conversation around a really tough topic than we have to point toward despair. That's our, that's our goal. And so join us in our social media platforms. We're very active online, mm -hmm. always dropping in little drips. Like I said, you know, little drips of help. In fact, today's, I know today doesn't mean much in context of a podcast, but today I will be posting about pornography coincidentally, given this conversation <laughs> that we're having. And so that's something that we try to provide as much help on as much as possible. So Right. Well, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your heart and your passion and just working for the Lord on behalf of our children. I'm just grateful that you got to be here today. Yeah. Thank you, Trudy. All right. Until next time, Kingdom Mamas, have a great day. Hey, Mama, before you go, will you do me a favor? If you found this podcast encouraging and valuable, would you please head over to iTunes? 
leave a review and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to connect with you. I can be found on social at Trudy underscore Lineski. Until next time, sweet girl, stand confidently in your calling. You are the mom for the job.